that's exactly it. Like, we're not doing this so we can have a record deal. We don't want a record deal. We want Mrs. Peabody to feel like she's not alone sitting in her apartment. You wow, know? Yeah. That's, that's what we want. And so that's is, where I think uh, there's a lot of problems. How is Mrs. Peabody? Is she doing okay? Yeah, Mrs. Peabody's doing great. You know, Mrs. Peabody, <laughs> she's, got it, she's got a perm. <laughs> sure. Uh, I remember when she used to straighten her hair. Hi, welcome to Worship Leader Life Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Toon, and we're here to disciple worship leaders. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the worshipleaderlife.com podcast. I don't want to say too much here as far as an intro goes, except... Um, yeah, don't forget to check out worshipleaderlife.com for a link to our workshop that's happening February 21st, Sunday afternoon on Understanding Compression, EQ, and Reverb. And yeah, if you have any sound folks, um, you know, audio, audio people in your life that are, or video folks that are helping with live streaming and you think maybe they'd benefit from a bit of a, a workshop on audio, uh, send it, send the link their way. I am so excited to share this with you. I had an awesome time talking to one of my best friends in the whole world, Seth Shelley. He is in Quinnell at Maple Park Alliance Church. And we talked about, you know, the way things have gone over the last year and some of the technical tips, tricks, and struggles as well. And that's kind of where the understanding course came out of. So, yeah, here's Seth and I talking. Oh, I was going to say, depending on the interview, you, you probably noticed from episode to episode, there's different uh, sound qualities. Just depends on who I'm interviewing, where they're at when we do the interview, and whether or not, you know, we both are able to record uh, studio quality or if we're just able to record, you know, the call call quality from uh, our, our meeting platform. That's all. Hopefully this sounds okay to your ears. Enjoy. Welcome, Seth Shelley. Reverend Thanks Seth Shelley to the podcast. That's right. I'm a reverend I know, now. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I met Seth when we started working together at a church mm -hmm. in Prince George called Timbers. And... We had an absolute blast working together. I love this man. He is the bestest of all boys. And uh, yeah, it's it. I've so I left Timbers, came down to the Okanagan. I, I don't know why I'm yelling. I know you can That's hear okay. me fine. And uh, we moved here to the Okanagan, and you stayed on for a year, and then you are now. A lead pastor in Quinell. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, and you've also done a number of other things, artistically, creatively, and ministry-wise, which I'm really excited and happy and proud about. Hey, you thanks. Did a, you did a TED talk. You um, you've done some really great um, like skate ministry. Um, you've done uh, a lot of painting. I love your painting. And you're also a bit of a survivalist and a hunter, right? Yeah, I, 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 my high school teacher 
my English high school teacher once described me as a bohemian fellow. <laughs> I never really, I never really knew what that meant. And now I, I can kind of see why she would see that. I just, I like so many different things, you know, mm -hmm. I'm interested in a lot of different things. And so I, I'm not ever satisfied with one medium or like one experience. And I think that's yeah. what made us have such a great working dynamic together oh, because yeah. you, uh, you and I, it's, I think a lot of people can't be part of a conversation that touches on like, 10 different things in 10 different, you know, 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. But that's, yeah. that's pretty common for my style of conversation, especially yeah. with you is I, we can be all over the place talking from comedy to ministry, to music, to art, you know, painting, to marriage. outdoor stuff, to marriage. Yeah. All in the same sentence almost. And yeah. Um, but I mean, I think that uh, that's given me a lot of, a lot of uh, skills that are practical for, the what well, season we're in right now yeah so that's been very helpful it's it can be a detriment for sure i don't know why i'm talking about it as a detriment now it's not what the podcast is about but yeah no, it's, been no. a lot, it's been a lot of fun um knowing you and working with you and i admire a lot of your work too oh, i don't want to say a, a lot of it i admire all of your work yeah, I, admire, yeah. I admire some of your work yeah i, I also <laughs> admire some of your work yeah no i actually think what you're saying is so true for pastoral ministry and you know, other things too. But I mean, we get to be a part of so many people's lives mm -hmm. and to find a connecting point is really important for me, not as like a hidden agenda, but just as like, I really love people and I like, I like connecting with people and what better way than to find something that we can connect on. And so, because, mm -hmm. you know, you're that kind of guy, I'm, I'm the kind of person who has, has multiple interests and I've done a lot of things. Um, it's just, uh, it's a rich, I don't know, resource to pull from to be able to serve others. Hey, so what I'm doing, yep. you know, in these next few episodes, or at least over, over the next little while, I'm trying to interview people and finding out, you know, what kinds of things have they experienced over the last year in ministry with worship leading and even overseeing worship ministry. Uh, because we've been in, you know, obviously the COVID thing and it's been almost a year and everybody's kind of, a lot of us are, are on similar pages, but it's also a lot of us have different challenges and different things that have come up. I would love to hear. So you are a lead pastor. You also mm -hmm. lead worship. You are involved in overseeing and mentoring and, you know, your worship ministry tech and, you know, the, the actual worship leading side of it sure yeah what has this what has this year been like for you as a lead pastor and, and a worship leader yeah i think it's been it's been interesting because i want to preface it by saying this i don't know of any other t area where people use music as a as an avenue to to send a message and that's really what what worship is you know we're we're, we're sending a message we're claim or we're claiming truths and proclaiming truths but I don't know any other place where, and I'm trying to figure out the nicest, most tactful way to say this, where mm -hmm. it's only live, you know, like there's not a high value on practice or there's not a high value on like uh, proficiency. Worship music, worship leading in, in churches, whether it's big or small, it seems to be the only place where music, nobody, I don't want to say nobody, but people don't seem to care as much about the technical side. They don't seem to care as much about the uh, the mixing, how it's mixed, how it sounds. It's really about the experience live. 
I think that's pretty true across the board for most churches, uh, with, with exception, obviously. But that's where one of the things we experienced right away is as soon as you're in a lockdown situation, you can't, there's nothing you can rely on live, right? And so the whole underpinnings of what we do in worship music is, well, we just want to worry about the live experience. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you can't. And I think that's pretty funny because most of the songs we we look to and we we want to sing that we're really moved by are recorded, right? They're mixed, they're recorded, yeah. they're mastered. And then we want to sing them in church. We're like, well, all we got to do is do it live. So we ran into this weird thing in the beginning where we were kind of pushing back on doing anything uh, that we would quote unquote call a production because we didn't want to produce our music. We wanted it to be live and real and raw. The problem is the only means and only mechanism of reaching people was through a uh, what we're doing now is kind of a pre-recorded, semi-produced, mixed set, which was a big shift for a lot of people because, again, that's just not what people think of when they think of worship. Yeah. And so there's not a lot of thought put into that. There's not a lot of resources developed or, you know, there's not a lot of time put into like, well, how would we mix this if we were going to record it? No one, no one at our church and lots of churches, lots of people I've talked to um, in my position, no one ever really thought about that because why would you, Right. So that made it really complicated at the beginning and really intimidating. Like, how do you even start? You know, I've never mixed anything. I've never recorded anything. Um, so how do you even start? And so it was kind of a, at the beginning when we thought this is going to be two weeks. Sure, we can wait two weeks. We, we'll just do whatever. We'll put a YouTube video up of a worship song. Um, <laughs> yeah. But you can't do that long term because one of the biggest, and I tell this to our worship leaders at our church, the first and last thing that people hear when they come to church is the worship and they're not going to remember my sermon. They might remember it in kind of like an ethereal way. Like, Oh, that was a good sermon today. You know, or that was a really powerful message. They're not going to remember that. They're not going to remember my right. flubs, you know, really they're not, but what they're going to, what's going to help them remember the whole experience of church is the worship. And so when you're even online, if you don't have your own worship teams and your own worship people and your own worship leaders, it really starts to fall flat. And that's some of the comments we were getting. Like, we don't want to hear, and we right. don't want to watch another Hillsong video. Like we want to see Maple Park people. Yeah. And so then, then the challenge was, okay, how do we even, how do we do that? And I never really realized how important, and it sounds bad, eh? Cause I'm a worship leader and a pastor, but I'd never really realized how important it was not for people to even see or hear really clean, proficient, well mixed music, just to see people that they know worshiping. Right. They, they want to yeah. see the people they know. Right. Yeah. You know, I think you bring up a really good point it's also a bit of a weird spot for the church. Like, yeah, on the one hand, we're, we're after a live experience of, you know, intimacy with God and with each other and to be able to kind of agree on who we are as a people. And to, like you said, to sing out what we believe, but at the same time, we all watch, you know, Jesus culture videos or mm-hmm. elevation or Hillsong or whatever, right? Like we at Vineyard, it's all out there. And our worship leaders and our worship teams often use those things to kind of learn from or to mimic. But you're right. We aren't going after like a big high production. I mean, some churches are, I get that. But even though, even then, like really we would, most of, most people would agree. We're going after this live community experience of a, like a real almost tangible it's tangible in our spirits but thing this this experience mm-hmm. with god and with each other so on the one hand we're we're being fed this highly produced stuff all the time and yet we know that 
our worship time together, whether it's highly produced or super high, uh, what's the word, you know, highly skilled uh, or not, that's not really the heart of what we're trying to do. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting you get into this situation where, so you give people, I know, I was going to make a joke because I know you guys used some of my music in those first mm -hmm. weeks. I was like, yeah, they just got tired of that Steven tune. They wanted oh, wow. they wanted Seth Shelley again. No, but I know what you mean. Like, you, you, it's just, it's sort of, uh, oh, it's not static, but it's just like, yeah, we want the real thing. We want, actually, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what if I can articulate it, but that, I to it totally makes sense. It's a bit of a dichotomy of like, we're, we're, we're bombarded, or we have all this high production stuff in our lives. Exactly. But when it really comes down to it, that's not the main focus of what we do on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night. Or, um, and yet being skilled and being masterful as much as we can at, at our music does help people to worship, but you can't well, just throw up a polished thing. Right? No. And that's the rock and the hard place right now that I, I'm sure I'm not the only uh, lead pastor facing mm -hmm. that where you have now on the one hand, your desire to do something that's raw and real and representative of your church and your community. And yeah, we're not out there trying to reach the world, reach the masses with our online experience. That's what we've called our church service. Yeah. You know, the online experience, we're not trying to reach everybody. We're trying to reach our people, disciple our people. And so yeah. you have this like pull where it's like, well, we're not trying to be overproduced and you know, all this stuff. We don't need to do all this stuff. But on the other hand, because the medium is online, you do have to do certain things that it even, so it yeah. even sounds remotely like it would live. And that's yeah. the really, that's the rub right now. And yeah. we've done pretty good convincing our teams, but you know, the first few weeks when we switched over to uh, a pre-recorded off the board, you know, through garage band. And again, we're not doing anything fancy. We're not, we're not reinventing the wheel, but mm -hmm. you know, we had, we had lights to get the lighting to look better. So the cameras picked up the stuff better. People are like, why are we doing all this? It's like, well, because the way you hear and see things in real life is not, it's not that easy to just capture. Like there's a way yeah. to do that. And uh, so to make this, to make this stick, to make this land uh, when it comes to your house and when you're watching it in your car or with your kids, we don't want it to sound like garbage. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things our head sound guy and I just talked about. Like then you have the, the technical side of it, the tech guys that are, they're not even wanting to help out when it sounds bad because they feel embarrassed and right. And the old, and yeah, it's just this weird, it's a really weird time right now. However, uh, the amount of growth that's come out of this and the amount of opportunities that have opened up post COVID. So yeah. we were just talking the other day, like uh, with our, with our department, you know, again, we're a small church, like average attendance, 170, like we're not a huge church, uh, you know, not a huge budget, but we're talking, okay, this gives us the opportunity now to record a DVD and a CD uh, to send to shut-ins that we can do post COVID yeah. every week. Like we could yeah. record our, our stuff we could have, and so we just had a, a gentleman at our church, longtime member of our church, pass away. You know, he's yeah. in, he's older, passed away, lost his battle yeah. to cancer, and so for the past few months, even before COVID, he wasn't able to attend church, and he was at home. And now, like retrospect, you know, you look back, you think if we're ever in that situation again, we can send home our worship CD, and again, not overly produced, not you know, studio quality, but something that's going to resonate with somebody who misses their church family. Yeah. And so I think that's really the heart of what we're after that's when we're great. when we're doing this is we're not trying to sound like and that's the thing like oh this song doesn't sound like Hillsong does it well great we're not trying to do that like 
we're mm-hmm. trying to resonate with the people that call Maple Park home. And we want yeah. you to feel like when you're at home that maybe even if just for a minute, you feel like we're all together or it feels a little bit, you know, like yeah. it does on a Sunday. And so that's, that's kind of the goal. Now there's some unique challenges with that because no one at our church knew how to do recording or set it up. And so I've been bugging you. I feel mm-hmm. bad. I feel like you should be a paid staff member with all the times I've been asking you questions, <laughs> FaceTiming you. Well, didn't but you that, get my invoice? Yeah, you know, ah, yeah, it's in the ah, checks, ah, or checks in the mail. Yeah, right. But, yeah. Uh, and that's one no, of the things no, where I, I felt, I felt a little, you know, I don't want to say listless, but uh, yeah, there's lots of great resources out there on on YouTube and stuff, and you can watch a lot of like pro church tools stuff, and there's some great stuff. However, I feel like they're all geared towards like larger churches, you know, with bigger mm. auditoriums and, and more modern setups. And th- what's really lacking, and you would ask me this, like, what's a, what's a resource? Like, how can you be resourced? I think what's really lacking is like the average Joe church setup, you know, huh. let give me the setup for guys that know the board, but don't know it intimately have sound equipment, but it might be a little old, you know, don't, mm. don't have everything. Don't have all the stuff and don't have the lights. And what can they do for like a thousand bucks? Right. What, what can they do? How can we train them? And that's really where we found like we didn't have any resources is everything's like set up for track lighting. And if you've got this and that, it's like, well, we don't have any of that. We've got a sanctuary with, you know, yeah. it's a good sanctuary. But you know what I mean? So kind of missing that like average church setup with the, and you know, yeah. and that's where I started to get really frustrated. Even when we started looking at camera options and mic options, it was like, man, oh, nobody, yeah. nobody has anything that's going to help. And so I think when you look at churches that are out there not doing anything um, through COVID, or maybe not doing anything, but you know, they're not doing their own stuff for their own people. I think it's the intimidation of like, well, where do we even start? And we can't afford that. And we're never mm-hmm. going to figure it out. But well, even one of my buddies, he's, he has in the past been a professional audio engineer and he's now a lead pastor. And when this all started, he just was like, ah, oh, I refuse to like try to figure all that out. I'm just doing a live zoom. I'm paying for the extra members. My church can join me on Sunday mornings. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I thought, well, that's actually telling, right? Like even, even someone who's gifted technically and knows some of this stuff is saying, I just can't do it. It's too much. Like, and, mm-hmm. and I've been thinking a lot about that pastors who are trying to mentor and disciple their people, their worship leaders, their, they're uh, preparing sermons and, and, you know, counseling and whatever they're doing, all the things they're doing. And on top of that, by the way, can you also become a, you know, a TV studio production? Yeah, exactly. Slash director, slash yeah. writer, slash. So, I mean, I, I love that there are lots of options out there. And I do think a lot of churches have probably spent that thousand bucks this year getting a digital board or an interface, maybe mm-hmm. a few more mics, maybe a camera to a camera or two or a switcher, but some of them haven't even started. I love that there are ways to do it just with your phone. There's ways to do it just with like a couple of mics and a computer, but there's also, in fact, I'm inspired now and this wasn't planned by the way, but I am going to provide some kind of a, you know, a resource for how mm-hmm. to get started for, I don't know, 300 bucks or 500 bucks or a thousand bucks because like the other thing you uh, you got me thinking now is there are resources like you said some of them are for bigger churches some of them um maybe are for maybe would work but they throw them out there in their order so like Mm -hmm. their video feed it's like oh this week they talked about mics next week they talked about uh storage 
next week they talked about computer like so where can we find a step-by-step -step guide like maybe that's something you and i should come up with like uh starting from scratch first get this second get this the other thing too when you were buying cameras and gear and stuff you i think you had a board and you got a camera and this happened to us at all of reliance too like then you then you're challenged with okay so what about the software I'm using, mm -hmm. whether it's Logic or GarageBand or ProPresenter in our case? And we found that, oh, okay, so everything we got works together. But, gee, if we had only gotten this camera instead of the one we have, exactly, it, it would have worked better with ProPresenter or, <laughs> or this interface or this board. You know, it's a challenge. So that's – and I – Yeah, I'd, I'd go back now and buy different gear yeah. uh, for sure. But yeah. I think that was the thing at the beginning too. There was you hear all these things, like you said, in these itemized lists in their order of what you think, but they're not necessarily letting you know if they're all going to work together. And that's the biggest thing, mm -hmm. the biggest headache is okay, we got to figure out how to get all this stuff to speak to itself now. And so we've made the decision we don't do live, we do pre recorded. Mm -hmm. And we feel like that's just the best way that we can present, um, like I said, that, that experience online, that's going to not distract you, not annoy you. Cause like, this is what, I, this is the way I described it to our teams, uh, in church, if something goes wrong, if the mic's not working and you're like uh, uh, monitor two, I need monitor two. I remember <laughs> as a kid, like did someone sing the solo and they'd ask to restart the solo in the middle of it. Yeah. It's really embarrassing to get up and walk away. Like no one's going to get up at a church. Very, very rare. Right. Someone's going to get up and leave because right. they're so annoyed. But online, like no one knows if you just stop watching. And so I feel like the retention rate of trying to do live, if you're going to do live, you have to do it really well or people are just going to shut it off. And so that's, that's the one yeah. thing. And our mutual friend, Darren, that's one of the things yep. he's said too, right? Like you can just – and with the options you have to make things come on, Premiere, YouTube Premiere, Facebook Premiere, yep. that look live, I mean, why wouldn't you pre-record? And I understand maybe why you wouldn't. But for us, it just made sense. Like we don't want to go through the headache of – audio issues or video issues in yep. the middle of a, a live service. Um, but to go back to that, that friend you're talking about, and I'm not saying this applies to him, but again, our friend Darren made the comment to me because I asked him, why do you think so many churches are just uh, not doing anything online? You know, they're just, they're not doing worship. They're not doing messages. They're just still like nine months later doing YouTube playlists and the zoom call. And he yeah. said, well, the problem is that preachers always think they can, they can preach their way out of everything. And so <laughs> I love that. It, oh, wow. And so this is my encouragement. If you're a lead pastor out there, no, I, I guess I'm kind of fortunate that I'm somewhat musically inclined and artistically inclined, but I still, we have a, a part-time worship ministry director. Mm -hmm. I still, I mean, I punt a lot of stuff off to her because yeah. I, I don't have, it's not even that I don't have the time. It's that that's not my lane. You know, and I think mm -hmm. as a lead pastor right now, like, you have to know your lane and trust your worship team. And even if they're volunteers, like trust the people that are invested in it, ask them what they want to do. You can't preach your way out of uh, this. And you know, you only represent one voice. And so having a multitude of voices at the table and asking their opinions, that's how we kind of formulated what we were going to do and the, mm. the plan we have now. And one of the biggest things that came out of that was I know we're not having services, but uh, we would still love to have a rotation. We'd still love yeah. to have our teams on a rotation so they can stay proficient and stay worshiping. And so we, we film every week. It would be easier to pre-record everything. Like it would be so much easier to just say, we're going to record 15 songs on a Saturday and just use them mm -hmm. for the month. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the ask from our worship teams was, can we, can we just record it every week? And so we can have different teams and different times. And, you know, that's as a lead pastor. I kind of, like, 
you can't preach your way out of this, you know? And so if you just want to preach on zoom, right, man, you're, you're going to lose that, that important, that important quality of, of worship. And I'm not talking quality, like proficiency in music. I'm talking, you want your worship leaders to be people who are worshiping and you want them to be people that are worshiping together. And so give them that space. I mean, really, this is the most creative time you could possibly have too. like the, the license for creativity right now is boundless. So like come up with whatever idea you want, but ask your teams, you know, ask your leaders what they want to do. And the resources are out there too. It's like, we can be creative. We can make mistakes because either we can fix them or we can just forget ever doing that again. You know, and it's not a live like train wreck. It's like, Hey, we tried this, but there's resources like whether it's, uh, Oh, what's, what's that creation swap thing we used to use, yeah. you know, or you I can buy it. Yeah. Yeah. Or work of the people that my friend Travis has, like there's so many video resources out there with really great content that you can use to also, you know, bring into your own creative decisions and pieces. Hey, so you said something else that made me realize I said this in a worship at a team leaders meeting yesterday, we had a meeting um, and I said, you know, when it was my turn to say like, how are you doing? How, how's this year been or whatever? I said, you know, it, it's actually been really cool to grow as a musician because when you're recording yourself and then you're going back and listening, maybe doing a bit of tweaking, mixing, whatever, um, or even just working with the team and saying, here's the finished product you actually get to see without being in the live situation, you get to kind of see, okay, maybe I could work on this. Maybe I'm a bit pitchy or I'm a little, I I should maybe make sure I tune my guitar. I don't know. Whatever it is, like whatever your struggles are, weaknesses, they're staring you right in the face and you don't have to fix them all. You don't have to present it as perfect to your congregation, but it's, I've, I've watched a couple of our musicians and singers, um, as we've been recording and then listening back and then watching, they've become better singers. They've become better guitar players. Um, they've been learning new skills. So not only is it a creative time, but it's like this major download is going on into some of our people of like, you know, problem solving and learning new skills and getting mm-hmm. better at what they do. So at the end of the day, although we're not trying to be high production, we are getting better. So, but then, uh, you know, a couple of people later in the conversation said, you know, this has been actually the opposite for me. It's just been so difficult because they're not technical at all. They don't have any interest in learning video or audio recording stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just like a foreign language to them when they get to the church and everything's plugged in and people are, you know, dealing with the stream and with the, you know, the various different switches. Sure, yeah. And so I realized well, some of us are thriving and some of us are struggling, but to be fair, it is going to stretch them and hopefully they stick it out and they're willing to learn. But it is, I don't know. I see it as a good thing, but I know I'm coming at it as a technical person who understands mm-hmm. routing and audio and video, you know? So, yeah. Well, I think, I think like I go back to kind of my main point, this is the only type of music that I'm aware of where the musicians have never up to this point ever really listened to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that, that, that's, that's the thing them. that I've noticed. It's like, we're asking our teams to listen to themselves in a recording and be mixed. And they're like, I don't do that. It's like, well, 
I think it's going to help you grow if you do, because yeah. this is the only musical area that you never have before. And maybe mm -hmm. you should like, maybe you should want to be focused on what the oh, sound yeah. is. And it's not to be, you know, perfect studio quality. And I tell that to people all the time. It's not that we don't want you because you're not skilled. That's it's not a skill thing. It's mm -hmm. a, you know, it's worship. So it is different, but we're not like, I'm not a very good guitar player, but I'm on the team most weeks, but it's been great for me because now I sound like, or when I'm listening, I'm like, is that what I sound like? Or maybe I should play that song this way because if it sounds yeah. like that, that's a little, a little too picky or a little too flat mm. or not enough body or you know. Yeah. So it's been helpful for me, but uh, yeah, I think the biggest, you know, one of the biggest takeaways for this that I've I've told this to a few people now. I've thought this year, while it's been difficult, has been great because I don't know any other time that I've been allowed to be this creative, mm. and that's as a as a lead pastor. I mean. I know there's some guys that aren't as creative, but even if it's in any capacity, the grace for creativity right now, the grace for learning and trying new things is so high for mm -hmm. most people. Yeah. And I like, and I invite the opportunity to be creative and think outside of the box. And so it's been fun. And yeah, there's lots of issues when it comes down to like figuring out how, and you know, it's like I, we all want to paint, but no one knows where the canvas is. And mm -hmm. so it's been finding, finding the canvas has been hard, yeah. but now, now that we've kind of got it and a lot of thanks to you for helping us figure it out. And I've asked you, like I said, uh, a, a ton of questions, but oh. uh, find, figuring that out has been, it's been fun. And I know that's not for everybody. And I'm picturing in my brain right now, the guy that's at a church right now and he's got no staff and everybody's a volunteer and a low budget. And I think he probably thinks this is out of his reach and it's not, you know, no, and uh, I've had two big resources through this. I've had yourself, and then I've had a friend, Bryce Edelman, at Christian Life Community Church in Abbotsford. They're a bigger right. church. Mm -hmm. And uh, they've just been super great. I used to work there part-time, so they've been super great at answering questions and you know, back and forth and sharing ideas and to just making it so attainable, right? That like my little church, we can do this. Right. And uh, I think that's the thing. Like we don't know. This is not two weeks. Like we're in month nine of two weeks. Yeah. So, and also that's the other thing I want to just mention. I'm kind of going on a rant. Give the preacher a microphone. He'll just preach. Uh, no, uh, the other thing I, the other thing I kind of reject from all of this is everyone talking about like going back to normal and once this is all over, like I said earlier, the skills that our teams and the ministry opportunities that are opening up right now for us are so relevant post COVID. Like yeah. the opportunities that we have now, not, I'm not talking reaching the world. I'm talking reaching our town, like reaching Cornell. We've got shut-ins. We've got people that live in rural areas without good internet. We've got people that live out logging roads. And like one of the things we're doing right now is the next stage of development is a designated computer for our soundboard with a, mm -hmm. a burner so we can burn DVDs and CDs, like I said, mm -hmm. to go to people that don't have good and stable internet access. Because we don't live in a place that has that. You know, Starlink isn't here yet. Right. We, don't have, right. we don't have great internet. So not everybody can join in online. And now it's like, man, our teams have the ability for like a couple hundred bucks and a $30 CD burner to give people that experience. Again, right. not to make us famous, but to make people feel like, you know, that idea of belonging, yeah. um, that idea of community, that's really important in the church, right? And we don't want to—we don't want anybody to be left behind based on their, their internet speed, right? So, yeah, yeah it's been great. I, I love the creativity. I love the opportunity. And I know some of our teams and, and leaders have struggled through this um, because it is a huge shift. It's like a fundamental shift. Uh, but... That's where I would say, like, lean on the people that are keen, keen to learn. And that's one of the things, one of the decisions we've made here is we're, we're going to lean on those people who are keen to learn and 
the people that don't want to learn or don't want to be part for now, well, unfortunately, maybe you're not going to be part of it for now because this is our avenue to do ministry. Yeah. Like, there is no there is no other option. So. Hey, my phone just started ringing. Oh. Um. Better be I Jesus. Guess, I guess I'll have to edit this out. It's Lisa. She might yep. have to ask me something. One sec. Hi, you're on live with Worship Leader Life Podcast. What's that? She said. <laughs> Hey, we're back after a phone call from Linda, my assistant. Um, <laughs> no, um, so we're back. We're back. Hey, so question. This yeah. has been awesome and very helpful to me as I try to serve local churches with, um, you know, just helping them with this kind of stuff. And if you could go back. You, you mentioned you would maybe get different equipment. Okay. So if you could go back, what would you do? Not equipment wise. I just mean like, is there anything you could have done that maybe would have helped you get the right stuff in the first place? Or I don't know. I mean, cause I'm, I'm picturing churches like ours where I, like I have, a, I have a whole other, you know, job. I can't be volunteering at the church all the time. And our sound guys certainly aren't in the audio video and music industry. So they don't know what to choose sometimes. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, is there anything you would have done differently? I think two things I would have done differently. One of them would be more of like a foundational thing. Uh, again, to speak to that point, I would really try and instill a value into making my teams listen to themselves. Not for the purpose of like criticizing or critiquing, but I think that's one thing that I would try and instill yeah. differently because that would have helped a lot of these adaptations right away because the understanding would be that, um, again, I don't, I don't really know how, even know how to articulate that attitude, but that it doesn't matter because it's worship. I think, it's, <laughs> yeah. I think it's the opposite. Like I think it matters more because it's worship. Yeah. So I think I would have, I think I would have done that is try to instill that. And, uh, secondly, I probably would have shadowed a church, um, sooner. So what I, what I would maybe have done is like become a become sponsored by a church like CLCC mm-hmm. because they were doing satellite church, so they'd been recording now for a while. Now they still had some learning curves at the live recording and stuff, but I would have asked those questions sooner from a church that I knew rather mm-hmm. than going online and looking up on YouTube. Yeah. Um, because that's where you know you, you make these decisions fast and quick, and so you Google it and you find out. But I probably would have said like, let's take a month and like or less than a month, whatever, a couple weeks, and just shadow a church. Yeah. Or shadow someone that knows. Right. And because like you said, you know, everybody's got a job. And even as the lead pastor, like I've got other things that I have to do. Oh, I don't have sure. hours to devote to the research. So I think that's maybe what I would have done differently. Um, but again, when we looked, those resources weren't there. So that mm-hmm. was the hard part. Well, but I maybe would have done that. So, yeah, there's also like some companies that put out some really attractive ads and say hey buy yeah. this thing because it's going to be the answer to all your problems when later you find out oh but uh, it doesn't yeah. work with this thing or it's or it's harder to use with this software anyways uh, so that's that's cool yeah. yeah i'm not trying to degrade what you're doing in any sense because i know you're a resource out there for people and that's that's not what i'm that's not what i'm saying i'm not trying to say that i'm, I'm speaking i guess more specifically to um I don't even know where to start, I guess. Well, because I, didn't, you, you, I didn't think that at all. Like, no, I'm agreeing with you. Like, I yeah. think, um, yeah, I wasn't, and I wasn't fishing for a, oh, you should uh, talk to. No, no, and I, I'm not, but I what, mean, you know, 
you know that we've sent our worship director your way and like we appreciate i guess i mean on the on the tech side you have two problems you have people like you said that are volunteering mm-hmm. they're not the, the only exposure they've had to these boards is through your church so then if the only thing you're doing with your church is adjusting the mains on sunday morning yeah you've got you've got guys that really don't know much about effects or reverb or routing and then so when you don't even know that then when you get into the questions online looking at these resources I don't even know what to look for because right. I don't even know what our guys what our guys can do. That's a good point. Yeah, you don't know, necessarily know what words to search. No, uh, or or when you get to one, well, what does this mean? Yeah, yeah, is that even going to work with our Behringer? Like, I have no idea. And then you yeah. ask the sound guys, and no offense to our sound guys, they're like, I know how to adjust the volumes and the monitors. <laughs> You're yeah. like, okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. What next? And so one of the things we are doing now. So I guess if we could go back is we put off this training, the soundboard training stuff for a while, and mm-hmm. we put off some of these things like last year. And we had a conference planned actually for the week that we, the week before everything got shut down. Right. We we're going to do some learning with you and a yeah. few other people. But, so I guess I would have invested in that sooner. But again, that comes down to that fundamental idea that like you need to, I guess the way I phrase it is like worship teams just need to listen to themselves. Like you need to know what you mm-hmm. sound like. And if you can learn how to know what you sound like, you're going to learn about recording. Um, you're going to learn about those things. Yeah. And I don't mean sermon recording on the USB stick. I mean, like, you know, actually, like, let's get into uh, let's get into having some of that that resources there. No one needs to be professional. We're not trying to we're not trying to make albums. Right. But the, and this is the thing that um, I guess that's that's the big those are the two biggest things. And I guess the reason for that is it felt bad. Now, the reason I chose you to play on our worship playlist is because you resonate with me. I know you. So I have that personal right, connection. Right, right, right. Yeah. It didn't land with anybody else in our church, really. Not that they didn't like the music and they thought it was great, but the idea is like when people are missing that in-person gathering, yeah. playing somebody else's music doesn't land. Yeah. And so if the goal is to have that church disciple-making relationship with, with one another, and th- that word one another is used a lot in scripture. Yeah. Uh, you know, the apostle Paul was writing his letters. He wasn't, buying books and sending them to these churches with his letter right yeah and so i think there's a there's an importance to that that like people really desire your church desires more than you probably know to hear that that worship that's not quite in time and a little off key and the drums aren't quite in sync and the piano like people want that they crave that because if they want to listen to a produced stuff they'll go on youtube they'll go on itunes they'll buy it but that's not why they're tuning into your live stream yeah, that's not why they're that's not why they're joining your Zoom call to hear, you know, Jesus culture. They don't. That's not what they want. They could do that any other time. They want to hear you. They want to hear your church. They miss yeah, that. That's totally so I think, it. Yeah, I think that's the part of listening to yourselves and like, I mean, I think I appreciate our worship teams a fair bit, but mm-hmm. maybe that's the real fundamental thing is like value your in person worship more. Totally, totally, and that's why even what I'm trying to do you know, as resource local worship leaders, not, you know, people who want to become, I don't know, <laughs> something else. And there's nothing wrong with like more, you know, apostolic calling to worship or, or a larger church gathering. That's fine. But really like the local church is where it's at. Really. That's where, that's where the church is. And so here's, yeah, sorry. I didn't mean to cut you oh, off. No, go, go ahead. Well, here's the one thing, and I guess this is maybe even farther back, another step back. Uh, church is not a stepping stone, right? I, I we get that yeah, a lot, yeah, uh, with youth pastors, and I think with worship leaders and lead pastors too. Mm-hmm. But it's like this idea that it's a stepping stone. It's like your launching point. 
And that's like your next step to stardom or the next step to the bigger ministry or bigger this. It's not. And if you if you don't value your people, if you don't value the little old lady sitting at home tuning in so she can hear her granddaughter play the piano or the young guy who's tuning in because he's really proud of the fact that he played guitar for the first time on the worship team. If you don't value those moments and those people, like you're in the wrong business. Find somewhere yeah. else to use this as your stepping stone. Like mm-hmm. church is about disciple making. It's about people. It's about ministry. And so that's where I, you know, that's exactly it. Like we're not doing this so we can have a record deal. We don't want a record deal. We want Mrs. Peabody to feel like she's not alone sitting in her apartment. You well, know? Yeah. That's, that's what we want. And so that's is, where I think uh, there's a lot of problems. How is Mrs. Peabody? Is she doing okay? Yeah, Mrs. Peabody's doing great. You know, she's got a perm. Sure. Uh, I remember when she used to straighten her hair. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to keep you. Is, is uh, are you being called away now? Well, my baby's starting to fuss. I have a, okay. I okay. I barely let you go. I just, I noticed something that you said, uh, I like pause and hold you for as long as possible. Yeah. And the uh, baby's like, ah! uh, so, uh, okay. Just quickly. Any, yeah. so- any songs that you're, you're using right now that your, your church is just really responding to. Um, uh, well, there's a few elevation songs that I think have landed pretty well that I, oh. they're kind of my go-to Oh, come to the altar. I really like right on. And we also sing What a Beautiful Name a lot. But it's interesting in this COVID time, you'd be surprised, I guess. Maybe you wouldn't. We've, I don't say we, I wouldn't say we've defaulted because I don't want to speak on everybody's behalf. I've defaulted and I've noticed some of our other teams starting to sing a lot more hymns, like classic hymns. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's that, just that nostalgia, you know, pining for the days of old when we were all together. Uh, that sometimes the new songs don't don't have that you know steeped church Christian culture. So I think it's a subconscious thing. But that's we've been going towards some hymns. Yeah. But what a beautiful name is one that we do often, and I think there's just such a powerful message in that song. Right on. So, and yeah, how about any books that you're reading that are uh, that are m- making your life uh, either more easy or colorful these days? <laughs> um. Uh, you know, I got to say, to be honest, no. And I, I was at a counseling session a couple weeks ago. A Christian counselor was sitting there in his office and uh, he's got a bookshelf, bookshelves full of Christian leadership and stuff. Mm. And as we're talking, he looks at the shelf and he says, you know, I bet you that there's not one book up there that's relevant anymore with what we're going through. Wow. And I was like, that's probably true. You know, yeah. like there's just everything, everything's about, everything is so model centric, right? Like it's how, it's the model that you use. And so, no, I haven't, like, we, we've been going through the book of Haggai as a church, and I think mm. that's a book that's resonated deep with me. But as far as, like, books that have been making it easier, um, no. I'm going to give a plug to something that I do listen to. I listen to a lot of Priority Pastor on a yeah. uh, podcast. Yeah, I, I, do love, like, I love I Derek. do like that. Yeah. Um, but, no, I, I haven't been – I don't want to say they're all irrelevant. There's just so many that just don't land because you read the stuff, you're like, I can't do any of those things. Yeah. Um, because they're so – and I'm talking specifically, like, you know, the like how to the helps the help books for ministry they're just not very relevant mm-hmm. um so no I, I haven't been reading a lot of those right now and part of that's also just fatigue like you mentioned it in the beginning um i think that's one thing that every pastor right now has to be wary of like it's really easy like on some of our recording days i'll come home and start editing and i'll be 16 hours in for the day yeah because and this is a great quote 
uh, I was watching a, I've been watching a lot of Casey Ferris on YouTube. He's a, a video editor guy. Yeah. And uh, he's not a Christian, but maybe he is. I don't know. I never asked him. But anyways, he said to get something to be 10% better than what it is that's good enough is not 10% of your time. It's a lot more. And so right. that's the idea. That, like that really helped me realize that like we do not need to spend, you know, that to make that that worship set that video 10% better is going to take me five hours. So I'm not going to do that. So yeah, Yeah. I've been pretty tired. So when I'm not doing church stuff, I don't read church books. Yeah. Sorry. I'm reading the last lion by, by, uh, William Manchester about Winston Churchill. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of church stuff. Sorry. I was going to (laughs) say, uh, just before I, I I was going to say, there's like, I had this idea as you were talking, like, wouldn't it be great? Cause videographers and film people, don't always know a lot about the audio side and mm-hmm. we got these cameras, we got the, these boards and you know, it would be, would be great back in the beginning, maybe to sit down with a couple of those people, like someone who gets audio and recording and someone mm-hmm. who gets film and, mm-hmm. and then say, this is what we need to do. What do you guys think? And then in the same room or in the same zoom. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing I was, I was, uh, thinking you know i agree with what that video guy said but also the 80 20 principle would suggest that there are some things you could do to get mm-hmm. things that 10 percent better without that five hours of time so it would be great to find out what some of those 80 20 things are so i'm i think my next episode is going to be what are some of the 20 percent things that you can do um to get to get the 80 percent fly and because if 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 our listeners are not familiar with 80 20 perry marshall who's a great guy great uh when it comes to online marketing but he's also done some theological writing as well um i'll link him but he wrote this book it's not his concept but he wrote this book about the the 80 20 principle basically like 80 percent of your output is really based on 20 percent of your work or if it's mm-hmm. church 80 percent of of your whatever like you fill in the blank is from 20 percent of your people and you know and then james Shramko, who does business coaching he took that to another level and, and he said yeah so like <laughs> like 20 percent of that 20 percent <laughs> is 80% of your 80%. And mm-hmm. I don't have the math in front of you, but you know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, you yeah. Can actually break it down to like five minutes of doing one thing could actually be worth, you know, I don't know, 40% of your output. So we'll get into that in another episode, but it, it's interesting. Cause on the other side, on the flip side, you're right. When it comes to editing and like fine tuning and like trying to forgive the term, polish a turd, not mm-hmm. not that what we're doing in our services is a turd. I just mean like so let's say you have a bad a bad film and a rough audio. It's not like if you spend ten more hours on it, it's gonna be at a blockbuster level. You no, know? it's just easier sometimes to just redo it. Redo it or, Less or time say, to just redo it. Or say this is us. Like this is this is us and put it out. Anyways, these are all good things to think about and talk about. We'll 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 have to get to get on another episode and talk some more because i really appreciate all hey, that you shared with us and yeah thanks for being with us and uh we can find you where sethshelly.com yeah right now you can find me at sethshelly.com uh or, you can search 
Jess Shelley on Facebook. Awesome. MaplePartAlliance.ca. That's your yep, church. MaplePartAlliance.ca. And see some of the videos we put out. Yeah. yeah if, you, if someone wants a reference point to like what we put out, um, that's where you can find it. And then cool. don't ask me. Ask Stephen what we did because he's the one who helped no, us. No, no. Well, I kept thinking every time I'd help you with something, then I'd, I'd put my phone down and forget. And I'd be like, oh, shoot. We were only halfway through that. I hope, we, hope that worked. <laughs> whatever it was you're oh, doing. you've been but, you've been tremendously helpful yeah oh thanks man no no it's my pleasure but the the other thing too is i'll, I'll put a link to your uh awesome ted talk we'll, we'll talk about that another time too but uh yeah well my yeah. wife and i just shame, shameless plug uh yeah. we started a little side adventure podcast called the shelly's so if you want to listen Sweet. to that yeah yeah I'll listen. nothing to do with ministry though like nothing zero Oh, but so, uh, but in this at the same time it probably does right. But yeah, hey, maybe. I'll uh, yeah. I'll listen to that tomorrow. Yeah, that's my that's our inside joke. I keep telling him, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm gonna have a listen to that tomorrow. I promise. And then yeah, I'll, I'll get around to it. And then yeah, say, hey, did you hear that? Did you hear? <laughs> uh, you know, I really am gonna listen to it for reals. And yeah, Priority Pastor is a good resource, and uh, all that stuff we talked about that'll all be in the show notes. Thanks for joining us, Seth, and thanks for listening. Bye. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. I, I actually got a lot of good stuff out of talking to Seth and just thinking through some of the technical things and this whole new way of doing ministry right now. And one of the resources that I've set up after talking to Seth actually a couple weeks ago, we're doing a workshop on a workshop on understanding compression, EQ, and reverb. And I would love to have you out for that. So if, if this whole world of live streaming or even just making the most out of your, uh, your digital board or the effects that you have as a sound team, you know, if that's something you want to explore more and, and just learn some of the, the basics about compression, EQ, reverb, what they do, what they're all about and how to use them, uh, come on out to our workshop. And it, it is going to be live. February 21st. It's a Sunday afternoon at about two o'clock. We're going to go live. We're going to do the workshop live, have some, some Q&A time, but the actual video is going to be available, you know, for, for all time <laughs> if you uh, take the course. So even if you can't make it this Sunday, you will be able to find a link to get in there on worshipleaderlife.com. So I'll put that right on the homepage and, um, yeah. So, talk to you soon. You bring the rain, Lord. Hit him with that fire pour. Now class and session centers, homie, where's your whiteboard? No, I ain't bluffing, cussing, busting, seeing demons running. I spit through music, Stephen Tuesday album, yeah, we on it. Spit my rhymes all the time, we made it to the last round. Get Dev on a roller coaster, Seth, he only going down. JC is the one and only ever-present Holy Ghost. I talk to him on a daily, some say that I like to boast. No, the same I'm joke, my brothers, we be living in the Lord. God on the this has been the worshipleaderlife.com podcast. You can find us at worshipleaderlife.com. I'm your host, Stephen Toon. I'm an ordained minister with the Christian Missionary Alliance in Canada. 
I was a pastor for almost 20 years, and now I support local churches by discipling worship leaders. And I look forward to serving you again. Thanks.